On this week's episode, the Academy announces its nominations, some unpopular cancellations on streaming, and someone is not happy with Ticketmaster. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC multiverse this is gerald glasser from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcast plus if you could like share subscribe follow or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football the lakers fast break Vampires and Vitae, Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond a Witchlight, or everything that we do in the realm of tabletop RPG for Wizards and Wine and Vampires and Vitae on YouTube. The Demolition Force, which you can catch on Pop Culture Cosmos in the video section. There's hours upon hours of tabletop RPG greatness right there for you. Plus also as well, if you want to go ahead and check out the latest news and trends in pop culture, Check us out at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com or popculturecosmos on Facebook where we're just feeding, feeding the hungry Facebook page all the entertainment news that we can give it each and every time out. And if you could support all of that by liking, sharing, and subscribing, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend, she is in relaxation and comfort, reaching a zen-like state. It is my good friend, indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today as part of the consortium known as Vampires and Vitae. Plus, she runs the Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond the Witchlight. It is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And Melinda, will you still be able to do the show today? Because you seem very relaxed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a task for me right now, Gerald, but I think we can get through it. But you know, we got a, I'm going to call it top of the line because I have no idea what a top of the line foot massager would actually look like. But this one is pretty impressive to me. I'm currently having my feet massaged and warmed uh, by this little machine. So I'm, uh, I'm very happy and very relaxed. What would you like to talk about today? <laughs> <sighs> right? Oh, it's a good day. Bliss. (laughs) I will say we're going to talk about a lot of great things, including the Academy Award nominations, which just got announced earlier this week. So we'll go over that real quick. Plus also as well, Forspoken uh, is now out and available out for PlayStation owners. So we'll talk about the mixed reviews. And if it still means that this game can be something special, we'll talk about that. Plus also the government's crackdown on Ticketmaster. Justin Roiland's days in entertainment are extremely numbered. The end of Cobra Kai, which hurts me a lot. The end of Titans and Doom Patrol, 
which also kind of stings as well, the return of Aqua Teen Hunger Force and not talking Lady Gaga, but have you seen Poker Face? So we'll talk about that on the episode as well. But I'm also kind of sad because Neil Druckmann, who's experiencing a great amount of success with The Last of Us on HBO Max, scoring the big, huge ratings and getting even larger in episode two, talked about The Last of Us, but also mentioned that there's no timeline in place or no rush or no need to go ahead and you know do another Uncharted, which kind of broke my heart. As you know, I'm an Uncharted fan, but you know it's all about The Last of Us right now, so... I'm really hurt, and uh, I think they're wrong. I think there is room for another Uncharted. I think the way that it ended gave itself room for that, but yes, I'm going to have to go ahead and stew on that for years to come because it looks like no Uncharted for quite some time, unless it's a movie uh, sequel with Tom Holland. So, kind of Which fun. we know is not the best of the best of the best, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well... You know, if you ca- if you caught the end credit scene where they started to emulate what went on in the first Uncharted game, maybe that will put it back on track as far as mm. the quality of it. And uh, it did make $400 million with the version that did come out, so we'll see. But yeah, truly disheartened to see that Naughty Dog will be abandoning Uncharted for uh, quite some time, so... That being said, you know, they're having a lot of success with The Last of Us, and I can't blame them for focusing on that. They do need to push out a Last of Us Part 3 in order to make sure that the TV show now will have a good five, six season run on HBO Max. So I think that's something that they have to prioritize. So I can't say I blame them 100% because of all the success they're having right now. So, yeah, there you go. But speaking of success... The Academy Award nominations were announced, so get out your pen and paper in regards to the Academy Award nominations. So, my friend, you saw them. You, I know you were not up at three o'clock in the morning when they they announced these things, which is just like my gosh, who is up that time in the morning on the <laughs> West Coast for that? But. There is a lot of stuff that's going on in regards to the Academy Awards. Obviously, uh, a lot of people are excited, like you and I, that my pick for the best movie, and I think it was yours as well, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, earned a astounding 11 nominations to take the day as far as the most nominations for any film. Let me run down the best picture for you, because I know you had an issue with one in particular. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of, I know it's spelled Inishirin, but they pronounce it in the movie Inishirin. Yeah. Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and we'll talk about that one because that has an interesting scene, which is everybody's been talking about, and Women Talking, speaking of talking. That's a small film that came out during the Christmas holiday season and is just slowly being ramped up. It's just in a small amount of theaters right now, but that earned an Oscar nomination. That seems to be getting a lot of praise as well. So congratulations to the producers and everyone involved in that movie. But for all these movies, I do like the fact that they have expanded the amount of pictures eligible for it. I do know there were some omissions that a lot of people were looking forward to seeing. I know our own 
Hamanish Goel, who I talk to a lot about a lot of the stuff going on in Bollywood and in the Indian film market, are very upset that RRR, which is a three-hour music video extravaganza, seemingly, if you watch it, but it's a very fun movie to watch. It was highly thought of as a possible Best Picture contender. That was a snub. I know some other people thought uh, some of the other films are out there. Woman King, I know, was another one that a lot of people were very sad to see it snubbed all over the place. Were there any, before we go into the movies that are kind of uh, for you and I, were there any movies that you thought were outright dissed by the Academy this year? Oh, my goodness. That's a... That's a big question. And I'm going to have to answer it. Honestly, I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, nothing is really coming to mind right now because I've been so laser focused on doing everything that I can to put out the energy for everything everywhere all at once to get nominated and win every single award. <laughs> I thought you know, the Batman might have gotten dissed. I, I really genuinely liked it. The latter part was eh, all right, but overall it was still on my best of list. But yeah, I'm not like broken hearted over it, but that's probably the first movie I would think of personally. Sure, yeah. Well, I, I guess, yeah, that, that's that's one, but I mean, I don't has well, yeah, it one of the Batman movies with Christian Bale was nominated for something, wasn't it? Or am I thinking yes. of? Uh, yes, yeah okay yeah Oof. anyway i don't know where that came off of the old rolodex in my brain but uh thank you rolodex uh but yeah no in terms of movies that came out this year that i was surprised i don't have anything off the top of my mind to be completely honest i like i said i've been so focused on just putting all of my all of my you know award energies into everything everywhere all at once i just believe in this little movie so much i think it's wonderful so Yes, you and I both, I mean, it's just such a fantastic film. Anybody who doesn't think so, I think is probably not uh, seeing the film in its proper context because it is just truly an outstanding film, to say the least. And I think also that brings us, since there's no definitive, it got snubbed, it's really a crime against humanity that it got snubbed, something like that as far as film. No real outrage there. I think it's more like Viola Davis, uh, I think, was uh, you know snubbed. I think that a lot of people are upset about that. Uh, Tom Cruise for acting for Top Gun Maverick. I know a lot of people are very upset about that. But let's get to the Best Picture nominees. All right. Uh, every, we, are, we both know that everything, everywhere, all at once deserves this. The Fablemans, you know, I know people are going to go ahead and, and especially the Academy members, they've got to go ahead and support Steven Spielberg, especially right. since this movie is a semi-biographical. And actually, it is his life story as far as how he grew up. I didn't love it. Uh, I thought it was okay. I just thought it was too long. I thought the scenes itself dragged out a little bit too much. I think Seth Rogen actually uh, i know jed hirsch is a fantastic actor and it got the nomination for supporting actor i thought seth rogan was actually the best part about about the movie so uh, i could say that but also ended on a weird note uh, as far as if you watch the movie kind of ended like abruptly even after three hours so i don't know i'm not in love with it being there but then again it's steven spielberg you know the greatest american director of all time by many people's standards and I guess it's going to go ahead and, and be no problem getting it in there. I know there's one movie before we even go any further in, in the Best Picture nominees that you really have an issue with. 
I, I guess Avatar The Way of Water for me is, is something I've never been in love with Avatar. So I guess I can do with or without it. Uh, you know, I've always talked about over the years as not having that as Rob McCallum, my good friend and director would also say it doesn't have that cultural footprint, but still, you know, brings in the money and it's closing in on $2.1 billion. So who can argue with that? Your thoughts on uh, which movie you think least deserves to be in the sponge? I am not saying that this is a bad movie. You I are kind of hinting that. I enjoyed the crap out of it when I okay. watched it. It's Fair a great enough. it's a great popcorn flick. Okay. I really enjoyed it. It hit all the member berries the way that it needed to. It was nostalgic in all of the ways that you needed it to be nostalgic. But what on earth is Top Gun Maverick doing in the best picture category? So I don't understand. So many people understand. love it. So but many it people love it. Yeah. People it pushing it. That good. People, the, the scenes, the fight scenes, the, the, the visual, uh, I guess, scope of it, obviously, because it's, you know, a lot of it is filmed in a actual jet with him flying. Of course. In an actual jet. Like, because of, I think it's just people just are, are uh, you know, nostalgia. I mean, ever since, uh, you know, it got uh, shown to the higher ups and to to cinema owners uh, at here in Vegas at CinemaCon. Right. Yep. You know, there's been a huge buzz about this film and it, it took that wave of momentum. And I think it's taking that wave of momentum even forward, even more. It's like, Tom Cruise riding a surfboard on this wave of momentum all the way to the Academy Award nominations. I don't expect it to win, but uh, I had a feeling that it, it's just so much love for this film with all the nostalgia. I didn't think that it didn't have a chance at all. I thought, I thought it was a really good bet uh, for a nomination just because so much nostalgia is for that film. I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm verklempt. <laughs> I'm shocked. I just didn't expect it to see it in best picture category. Sure. Go cinematography, go writer, go whatever you want to do, but best picture. I mean, I, I, I'm speechless. I'm sorry. It's not very riveting audio, but my gosh, I don't get it. For me, avatar is again, just something that it's there uh, and it's going to make a ton of money and, and people are, I guess, uh, again, like every, like with Top Gun Maverick, just that riding, that wave of success, the Banshees of Insurin, uh, you know, it's a good film, beautifully shot, getting that Island off the Irish coast, absolutely stunning vistas, the simple small town setting, the acting is incredible in this mm -hmm. film. I mean, Colin Farrell uh, also as well, uh, when you look at uh, Brendan Gleeson, who's been a favorite actor of mine for years, Carrie Condon uh, was sensational as the best supporting actress. I think she was the best part of it. Barry Keegan was also very, very good. And all four of those are nominated in this film. I just thought the film ended too dark because it just goes dark. I mean, it goes super dark at the very end. And I think that it's a really good film that was kind of uh, marred by its dark ending. But you know what? It, it's, I think it still deserves where it needs to be at. The film, I think that really, I think for me, it, I guess that's Avatar. I mean, Triangle Sadness, people, are, are they looking at the film as far as how good it is? Or are they looking at with Triangle Sadness, the, the uh, viral part where there's so much puking there's a there's a vomiting scene 
that lasts for an extended amount of time. And uh, that's what everybody seems to be talking about. That's what, when the f movie first came out. That's what everybody was talking about is that, uh, for lack of a better term, barf scene uh, because it's extended and, and all that and for shock value. And but, you know, there actually is a good movie behind it. So I was surprised to see that one uh, actually get uh, nominated. Women talking, you know, not, not a lot of people are, are, have heard of this movie, but, you know, what I've seen and, and been able to study as far as the, you know, the trailer and also the response from Metacritic seems to justify its place. It's that small film that uh, seemingly often gets appreciated by the Academy in a way that doesn't get appreciated by the audience at large. I guess most of those films, again, Avatar, take it or leave it, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, for a foreign film, a film, a German film, uh, that is the, you know, a beautifully shot film. It's right now available on Netflix. And Elvis, it's one of those div uh, divisive films. Austin Butler, everybody loves. Tom Hanks in Latex, everybody hates. That's why he's getting a <laughs> Razzie nomination. And of course, right. the Razzies has a lot of its own controversy. And you can read up on that as far as the controversy there with the Razzies. But Elvis, uh, you know, it's earned a, quite a bit at the box office, so I think a lot of good good vibes for that. So overall, I think they got it right in a year that there weren't like a lot of films that were were overlooked or snubbed. I think that this is probably a pretty good selection. Even Avatar, you could, you know, I say, okay, you can leave it in there. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, and I, I have to admit, I haven't seen Women Talking yet, but that I've seen enough previews and, and stuff like that and, and um, interviews and, and snippets of the movie watching entertainment programs and stuff that I'm incredibly intrigued by it. I understand a bit of the story, but I don't know what the catalyst is that kind of starts everything happening and I'm dying to know what it is. So I'm definitely going to sit down and, and watch that movie for sure. I Just something about it, it looks incredibly interesting to me. And Tar is driven by the great performance of Kate Blanchett mm -hmm. uh, in the conductor role. And I think that's a movie that I think deserves its place simply because of the fact that it's, it just does a sensational job of of supporting her and giving her a platform to succeed. And I believe she's the slight favorite over Michelle Yeoh for the Best Actress uh, contendership. But although I think it's close, it, it depends on exactly who the Academy really wants to favor. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Kate Blanchett wins uh, and Tar is, is getting a nomination. I think that's probably going to be the best it's going to do. I, I love me some Kate Blanchett, but it's man, I am pulling for Michelle Yeoh. You I, I, I don't both. think I don't think either of us have made that much of a secret, but I, <laughs> but I know in Vegas, Kate is a slight favorite right now. So, but it's yeah. very close. It's very close. So, don't be surprised if either wins. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? For the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts and the best actor austin butler as elvis colin farrell and the banshees of interim brendan frazier with the whale paul mescal with after sun and bill nighy with living a lot of good vibes are for Austin Butler, for Elvis, but he's young. So a lot of people can, you're going to say that, you know what, he, he'll be there another day with another role. 
with Colin Farrell, I think this, uh, you know, he's done an outstanding job and he's right there as a favorite, but Brendan Fraser from the get go has been the favorite because of the Brendan, uh, Fraser sons or Brendan sons or Brenda sons or whatever they're calling it. I think that it is Brendan Fraser's. I think that's, it's his to lose. I really think so. Yeah. I I agree with you there. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's, I, I need to mention this. If you, want a little bit more about uh some of the uh the actors who were nominated like colin farrell brendan fraser austin butler they did uh one of the hollywood reporter uh actor roundtables, mm-hmm. and uh it also included uh ki hu kwan it included uh, adam sandler jeremy pope um anyway it's a brilliant hour-long conversation between these men and they all talk about reaching a point in their careers where they just didn't feel like they had it anymore and what it was like to be outside, like on the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. you know, to everything Hollywood. And then they detail the steps that they took to kind of get themselves prepared to to step back into it. I had no idea about some of the stuff that happened with Austin Butler. Uh, He lost his mom just before he recorded the show that he did. I believe it was on MTV, the Chronicles of Sharnia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, anyway, just a really good interview. So if you're, if you're looking for a little bit more about, uh, the actors who are nominated for best actor, find that round table from the Hollywood reporter. It's worth your time. It's really good. I think Paul Dano for the Fablements also was very good. I thought he deserved consideration. And of course, you know, Top Gun Maverick with Tom Cruise, people <laughs> were trying just... to push for him for best actor, which I know cracks you uh, up a lot. <laughs> Uh, best actress we already talked about, although Michelle Williams for the Fablemans is going to get a lot of sentiment as well because of yeah. her performance. Uh, I think as well it needs to be noted. With best supporting actor Brendan Gleeson, who did an outstanding job in the Banshees of Insurance, Brian Tyree Henry with Causeway, Judd Hirsch with the Fablemans, Barry Keegan also from the Banshees of Insurance, but Kihu uh, Kwan from everything everywhere all at once i think has uh, garnered a lot of enthusiasm and, and the fact that this is a great comeback story and what a capper if you were able to win the oscar if it went to uh, michelle and him both the same night and then the daniels win best director i will be over the moon and then at that point the movie doesn't even have to win best picture i'm fine with those awards going to those people there's a helicopter, you know, in Las Vegas area, you know, just news copy. And then they see some lady just like doing backflip <laughs> down the street. As this being, oh, you know, there's a lady doing backflips down the street. Yeah, just wanted to make sure everybody watches out for that lady. Crazy lady backflips. Right. Right down Fremont Street. Well, that yes. wouldn't be so weird on Fremont, I suppose. But yeah, that's true. That's true. People would actually throw money at you. And give yeah, you right. <laughs> I do also want to mention, though, that Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett, the incredible Angela Bassett, just stunningly awesome, uh, as always, a Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The first MCU acting nomination, uh, Hung Chow for The Whale. She was absolutely very underrated and very much appreciated in that movie, so very, uh, absolutely a great supporting part for her. Carrie Condon, I also, I, I mentioned her, she was... I think of all the acting performances, I think by the slightest of margins was the best in Banshees of Insurance. Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue, uh, both of those ladies were tremendous uh, in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think the Everything Everywhere All at Once ladies are probably going to cancel each other out. I'm probably going to lean just because it's Angela Bassett. It's Angela Bassett. 
Yeah, I think so too. I I don't think that you can go too wrong with that right now. No, no, absolutely not. Best animated film, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is now available on Netflix. Uh, Marcel the uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Puss in Boots, The Last Witch, would kind of surprised me. Um, I think the reason why that it's been a pretty decent hit's gotten over three hundred million dollars uh, worldwide at the box office, so it's probably going to turn uh, a little bit of a profit. But I was kind of saying, even though it was a dismal disappointment. I thought that Lightyear, I thought was actually going to get the push, but mm. the Sea Beast and a movie we absolutely loved, which was the movie from Pixar that got selected this year, Turning Red, which you and I both uh, had a great things to say about it. Uh, it was on my best of list. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio has been winning a lot of the awards already, so I'm assuming that's probably the favorite, but people should not underestimate turning red that is a fantastic picture so beautifully colored absolutely cannot say enough about the visuals in that movie and that to me with a compelling story and something that should bring a tear to everyone's eye i really think that uh, turning red for me with a slight nod over pinocchio sorry ian mcgregor sorry guillermo del toro but i, I would probably lean turning red for me yeah, I, I'm going to lean opposite. I did love Turning Red, and I would be thrilled to see it, but I have watched the Pinocchio movie, and if you haven't yet, please give it some time. It's so good, and it's not your typical, you know, Disney Pinocchio movie. It's really very good. You need to watch it. It's six different studios, I believe, and it, they, were, they were, like, connected in the same mm -hmm. area, but there's six different studios doing different parts of the movie of stop animation or excuse yeah. me stop motion animation all at the same time it took over two years or something like that to create and for netflix to have the faith in guillermo del toro to do this uh, as someone who has had so many highly acclaimed movies but not that many successful ones sure uh, to have that faith in him to put out something that not only will get a lot of people to watch but that will earn a lot of acclaim especially in the same year another pinocchio movie came out which a lot of people are also talking about how bad that one was and i think that's also up for some razzies but if i'm not mistaken but i i will say though that this pinocchio obviously is a definitely a worthy contender and probably most likely winner of the best animated film yeah and like i said if it goes turning red or pinocchio either way i'm, I'm happy with that yeah absolutely one of the last things i want to talk about before we head to the break is the best director and that's spartan mcdonough of the banshees of interim daniel kwan and daniel scheinert everything everywhere all at once which you already mentioned steven spielberg of course if his movie's going to be nominated you know he's going to be nominated for the fablemans <laughs> todd field for tar and ruben ostrand for triangle of sadness there's your contenders right now for the best director uh, i think that maybe if with the nostalgia put in maybe would have put in the top gun maverick director in there instead i'm I'm just kind of thrilled, though, or happy. I don't want to say thrilled, but I kind of am happy that James Cameron and his ego didn't get a nomination, even <laughs> though the movie did. Because, you know, even though his, you know, he says all these brash things, and I know Josh is just, yeah, he just is not a fan. 
at times of some of his uh, things that he says. He's a fan of his work, but not what he says. I think that uh, eh, for the most part, they got it okay. Again, the Top Gun Maverick director, I think, probably would have been maybe a little bit better option than maybe Triangle of Sadness, but that's just me. Your thoughts on uh, director? I think you already know, and I think I already know who that's going to be. And if I'm not mistaken, the the Daniels, which is what they're calling the the two directors yes. behind everything, everywhere all at once, they're nominated separately. They're not nominated together, right? No, they're they're nominated together because they they directed the movie together. They're listed as a co-director, so they are nominated together for best director. Oh, the, they're oh, one okay. entry, yes. And Joseph the way that Kaczynski, I the way that I saw it, they were on separate lines with the movie behind, no, beside each of them. So I thought they each no, had a nomination. No, they like, are well. they are directed as one director. So. Oh, okay, it's like the Cohen brothers. The Cohen brothers would be in as one director. Got so. it. Okay. Just to let you know, Joseph Kaczynski for Top Gun Maverick. So. Mm. I have a feeling that you would want the Daniels to win again, so you could help perpetuate the backflipping down Fremont. Absolutely. And I mean, if it does take best picture, then it's not as important for, you know, the, the directors to win, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I would be thrilled. I just, I adore the movie. It just feels like the little movie that could, and I've just have been enjoying all of the success that the movie has had and, and uh, all of the recognition that it keeps getting from Hollywood, I think is wonderful. So. As do I, as do I, but I think with both you and I, everything, everywhere, all at once, if it does not take the lion's share of the major awards, I think we'll be upset. Uh, but I do think that it deserves so much acclaim and so much praise because it is definitely an experience worth taking in at any point in time. Yeah, absolutely agreed. What are your thoughts out there on the Oscar nominations? They are in. And now it's about waiting until the magic moment when the card is pulled and the well the awards are announced and the winners are announced. Please let us know your thoughts on who you think will win the Academy Awards in the various categories. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Well, my friend, one half hour down, one half hour to go here at the PC Multiverse. Wanted to ask your thoughts real quick as I called this. Did I not call this or did I not call this? The government decided to go ahead finally after decades of what many people, including my, myself, have opinionated as a monopoly for Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. After the Taylor Swift fiasco for when she announced her concert tour and the breakdowns in communication and the breakdowns in how to purchase the, the tickets for said concert tour, Ticketmaster has finally you know, had to meet with government officials here in the United States this past week. What are your thoughts on it? For me, it was uh, not enough and not done soon enough, not enough. And I'm hoping at least to some sort of uh, situation where the ticket industry can open itself up and be more competitive and I'll hopefully end up being more affordable for tickets for fans. 
Yeah, I, I think that this whole, uh, you know, like sliding scale of demand, increasing ticket prices and stuff is is incredibly wrong and unfair to people. Because I did watch a little bit of it, and I mean a tiny bit, and it it felt like a little bit of a not so serious fiasco with all of the, you know, dropping of Taylor Swift quotes, like all of those people were all working very hard to make sure that they had the sound bite that would end up on the news, you know, like it just, it just got to be a little bit too predictable, you know, like bringing up bad blood and it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. You know, all of that kind of stuff. It just, it felt disingenuous because they were all doing it so much. It felt very heavy handed. And if they are not going to um, behave like this is a serious thing that is affecting people, then, um, you know, how, why would anybody else take it seriously? It just felt like it was being downplayed a little bit too much. I to agree me, anyway. You. Yeah. Well, it's now a point where it's caught the attention because of all the social media backlash from all the Taylor Swift fans, which more power to them. Congratulations yeah. to them. They, they got everybody up in an uproar. And finally, that uh, Ticketmaster was called out for the years and decades of uh, really just having some sort of monopoly here in the United States. And also just it, it's been so hard getting a ticket for these type of venues. And it shouldn't be that way. It should never be that way to go ahead for somebody that wants to pay a acceptable fee for a ticket for an artist. It should never be that way. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that it's, uh, I mean, well, just look at trying to get a ticket to see Adele here in Vegas. She has a residency. She's going to be here, you know, over the a series of, I think she's here for like two or three months anyway. Um, and like one ticket to that show I read was going for like $40,000 or $35,000. Mm -hmm. And that's through Ticketmaster. And it's a demand thing. That's what they claimed. And because Adele wasn't charging $40,000 for a ticket, she actually no. refused to give free tickets to the casinos to grease the palms of their high rollers. And she wanted it to go to people who were interested in seeing her show. And now that's another barrier that's put up between her fans actually getting in to see the show. So uh, it, it is something that does need to be looked at. It is something that uh, does need to be examined. And it is something that I think um, you know, a little bit more regulation on that part of the industry can can actually improve. Well, I'm hoping that that's the case and that uh, good things for you and I and everybody out there that wants to just go ahead and buy a ticket for an event and actually go to the event or concert or these concerts that are in demand. It's not just uh, Taylor, it's Beyonce, it's mm -hmm. uh, K-pop, you know, those, the really high in-demand concert tickets right now so i think that everybody should be allowed a good opportunity to get them and hopefully it's not just going to be a conversation with Ticketmaster and the government hopefully something will lead to a more beneficial place for people to go ahead and be able to get tickets uh some way other than Ticketmaster. so that's my hope that's my hope so we'll see yeah I'm with you. I'm with you on it, though. I, it just it is something that absolutely needs to be needs to be checked for sure. OK, but what are your thoughts out there on the ongoing fight with Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift fans and how they got called out by the government this week to testify? Please let us know your thoughts on the future of how we purchase tickets for concerts. Please let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com.
Before we get to some concerning cancellations, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and talk about Justin Roiland. We talked a little bit about this last week in regards to his uh, very tenuous future. We talked about the fact that uh, as the guy creative lead behind Rick and Morty and some other shows as well on Hulu, that because of his domestic violence, uh, I guess, a case that has now been uh, come to light and, and all that, uh, he was finally let go from both Rick and Morty and then also the other shows that he was responsible for on Hulu. Uh, the Solar Opposites, a couple a couple of shows that he mm. actually does, uh, and the Koala show or something like that. It's This is something that was not surprising, but it's something that needed to be done. But the, what was most surprising to me is that Rick and Morty's show has not ended. Rick and Morty will be reca- recast in some form or fashion. So that was the thing that surprised me the most is that will fans actually come back to see it with a new Rick and Morty in place? Oh, I think that they probably will. We've seen it before where a voice actor sounds enough like another voice actor where you can just kind of slip them in and a little bit of computer uh, messing around on the audio and, and they can get it to be really close. And especially with some of the AI that's out there right now it's getting a little bit scary to be honest uh, how good it's getting so i don't know that fans are going to notice that much of a difference when the show comes back i uh, i don't know i'm just I, will they come back or will they come i mean justin roiland won't be there uh, but there's going to be you and i both see this no matter what the uh, accusations are no matter what the case is there's going to be that that uh, part of the community that says oh well justin roiland's not there i'm not going to watch the show uh, and then some people say, well, Justin Rowland's not there. I am going to watch the show because Justin Rowland's not there. So, And then I'm I just... think that there's a there's a large swatch of people, too, who don't care. They just enjoy the cartoon. And I don't yeah. think that those they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, I, I agree with you there as well. So it's going to be interesting to see when it finally comes back for a run because it's always, uh, anyways, on its own schedule because it was mm-hmm. so successful. It was always on. It was never on a set schedule on when it was going to come out and when these episodes would get dispersed. It was always in their own time because, again, success breeds that here in the industry. But I'm interested to see what happens with uh, the future of Rick and Morty. If you are going to give Rick and Morty a chance when it comes back out, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we head to the break, my friend, I want to talk about some very very troubling and very sad news in the world of streaming cancellations. First up, after the sixth season airs on Netflix, Cobra Kai. (laughs) One of my favorite shows of the past few years (laughs) will be going away in a move that was kind of surprising because it is still one of the top 10 Netflix shows of 2022 kind of seems stupid to me but if it was for creative reasons i get that okay if if uh the guys behind the show said we can creatively put this out for six seasons and i think a six season that you know all right fine but if it's netflix's call i don't know just getting rid of one of your top 10 shows seemed to me kind of uh you know for a, a, a company that's recently said before they, you know, the actions they did with Cobra Kai, this is we never canceled a successful show. Yeah, I was just going to gonna like, bring that up. <laughs> it just seems to me like they just canceled a successful show. And it's not the first time. Yeah. 
you know, and, and it's going to be something that continues to happen. I guess perhaps they have a different window into what they view success as versus the, you know, general Johnny Q public. I don't know, but top 10 show. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. I don't know either. It's, it seems, uh, it's a, it's an odd one. That's for sure. Maybe make a whole they, lot of sense. Well, maybe they know something that Nielsen doesn't know because Nielsen ratings said they were one of the top 10 shows last year on streaming. So I don't know, uh, billions of uh, hours of viewing, I guess doesn't mean for not, but then again, uh, you know, we've, we've had issues with some of the cancellations that they've done in the past, but eh, this one kind of hurt for me a really a lot, a, a show that, again, as I said, that I never really liked the movies. I thought they were 80s cheese and 90s cheese all the way through, but the way they were able to spin it around and bring it to a different format and a different way of doing things and a different look, but still utilize so much of the, the Karate Kid lore into it, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It made me care about the Karate Kid IP, which I never did before, and I never thought in a million years I would ever say that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's then mission accomplished uh, by the the program, I suppose. But you did get six seasons. I was surprised when it got renewed for season three. I was surprised when it got renewed for season four. I was surprised when it got renewed for season five. You kind of know where I'm going with this. I just wasn't as big a fan of it as you were. Um, So I don't I think I've only watched maybe a couple episodes out of season two. And uh, that's about as far as I got into it. I'm sorry. Don't don't hate. Don't hate me, Gerald. Oh, I'll send the nasty emails. Don't send. Or was it, what is it you always say? Don't send me the hate mails. Something yeah, don't like at me. Don't at me. Don't. At, okay, I won't at you. I promise. Okay. Yeah. But, right. But no, it's it's just one of those things. And you know, Netflix has you know their measuring stick, and you know what they feel as success is obviously a little bit different than what we see as success. Uh, this is true, but it is Somehow. the last. I think the last of standing of the original series that was on youtube that oh, was right uh, yes it was probably i think it's the last standing of them so after six seasons it'll be no more but if you have thoughts on cobra kai and the end of uh cobra kai although they've hinted at maybe some spin-offs we'll see but let us know your thoughts on the end of cobra kai on netflix after six seasons when the sixth season airs Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, another uh, semi-shocking revelation that Titans and Doom Patrol, some of the DC standbys on streaming for HBO and HBO Max, those will also be canceled after the fourth season. So both of those only have one season left. So with that... Uh, the first fingers that were pointed were pointed in the direction of James Gunn. Oh man, this must be a James Gunn move. Peter Safran and James Gunn, because they want to build their own DC TV universe. They obviously went ahead and they just canceled the Titans and Doom Patrol. James Gunn was quick to say on social media that it was not his call, that it was an HBO, HBO Max call. And with HBO Max, there's another company where they're all over the place with with shows that they've renewed, that they've canceled. They've canceled a ton of shows which seemingly were thought that, you know, had some success, uh, So, they, but they've canceled many, many shows in the past, what, uh, 12 months. And then also mm. with, you know, ever since they, they identified that they had a lot of financial troubles as an organization because of the merger with Discovery that is still yet to be 
finally consummated as far as on screen. And then with the Batman, you know, they obviously the movie there that that is never going to be. So I'm not as surprised that Titans and Doom Patrol are meeting the end. Doom Patrol, I was really into for the first couple seasons. And of course, it has the Brendan Fraser part of the Brennan Sance. Titans was a hardcore, hard edged, R rated, uh, you know, foul mouth uh, version of the DC universe. Uh, thought a lot of people had enjoyed that. A lot of people really liked it. But your thoughts on the ends, of, uh, your thoughts on the end of Titans and Doom Patrol you know after their season fours yeah i mean it's it is hard to believe with the you know the kind of unforgiving uh you know pink slips that james gunn seemed to be handing out to all of these different projects even movies that were completed but in james gunn said he was not part of this no no i know that's that's what i mean like it's it's just hard to um it's hard to set your mind in a different direction of thinking not that he himself was responsible but that for mm -hmm. somehow down that line uh, there's some kind of something happening. I bet you with those IPs, uh, there, there has to be, there has to be something or some way that somebody wants to take it. And it involved, um, you know, taking those shows off of the air, unfortunately. So it might not be the last time we see those characters. It just might be the last time we see them in this way. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. One thing I do want to mention is though is that we're getting closer and closer to the deadline that James Gunn had set for himself that was going to be by the end of this month that he said he was going to indicate uh, some of the first parts of this new future reimagining of the DC universe with uh, some of the projects he was going to lay out. So uh, I'm curious to see what that's going to be. We'll have, uh, assuming if the, he holds true, we're going to have a better idea the next time we talk on air. So hopefully we can have a better idea to see how this goes. But I had a great conversation on Monday with Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions, and I, I put him in control of the DC Universe. We went back and forth on some ideas and, and to see what stays and see what goes. It's interesting because there's because of the success of the Joker and the Batman on the side and some other extraneous things, you can't really do a clean slate and just start over. It's just so weird. You because you were so tempted to keep some elements of this previous DC universe in, the only thing you want to get rid of, as James Gunn and Peter Safran are probably hinting about, unless you're what Jason Momoa and maybe Zachary Levi, is the Snyderverse. You want to get rid of almost all of the elements there. So it's interesting to where they are picking and choosing where they draw the line on what they're keeping and what they're throwing out in regards to the DCEU. Well, they have been handed a 
large ball of yarn that didn't have a clear vision for what the yarn was eventually supposed to turn into it feels like yeah. to me and so of course they're going to have to unravel things and they're going to pull strings and some of the strings are a lot shorter than i'm sure they were expecting so um you know i'm sure that it's just easier to take that giant ball of messy yarn and just go whoops right into a wastebasket and uh, start fresh with, you know, a few new balls of yarn that you can take and you can start to build some kind of foundation. And if one of those balls of yarn is that Batman movie, then, you know, at least you have a starting point. Yeah. And then you can go from there. Um, it just it just feels like the DC movie universe was, uh, it was messy. It is messy. It still is messy. I mean, in ways, because yeah. you've got all these still extraneous things going on. That it's really hard to wait for, uh, really hard to walk away from, when you're talking about, like for instance, Joker Two. I mean, it's under production right now. You know, you really can't just say, "Oh, I'm going to stop a movie sequel that earned over a billion dollars at the box office," or you can't say to the Batman just earned Matt Reeves' movie eight hundred million dollars at the box office, and he's got all these ideas about a Penguin series and a Commissioner Gordon series. You can't drop it because the fact that it's done well enough to justify its existence but you really can't go and come in as a new operator as a new overseer of all this universe and say you know what i'm gonna wipe everything clean it's just so difficult the challenge is there because all these little parts some of it's easier to get rid of and some of it isn't yeah, no, I, I agree with you too. Okay, so perhaps a few strands of the yarn are sticky <laughs> and they're just not going to go away. I don't know, but it's not a task that I envy in any kind of way. I can't imagine walking in and having to try to, you know, follow at least one through line um, to make all of these things kind of connect. And honestly, what what Marvel did and when they would release a movie and the shield episode the fo the following monday referenced things that happened in the movie like that was incredible forethought and foresight so um and i'm just my fingers are crossed that we get to that same level of um of inspiration i think is the word i'm looking for uh for the dc universe it's been underserved and it's too bad it's been underserved and I'm hoping for a better future. And hopefully by the time you and I speak next week, we'll have a clearer idea of at least the start and the beginning of this new part of the DC universe when James Gunn is supposedly going to make his announcement. Again, he's got five days from our airtime now to go ahead and, and let everybody know what he's going to do. Nothing's been imminent or announced as far as an announcement. So we'll see, but he, he said by the end of this month, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, if they can finally ever get it cohesive, to a point where it's streamlined i mean with the mcu everything ties into everything else except for moon knight you know that's the only one glaring thing that you could say has not been tied in directly to anything relating to the mcu as of yet but all it takes is one end scene all it takes is one mention all it takes is one i guess uh, scene interacting uh, with uh, the characters of moon knight in another MCU film. And then there you go. It's all interconnected. So, it, you know, my uh, worries will be out of the way on that. And it starts uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. Again, the MCU is kicking off in a couple of weeks, my friend, because Ant-Man and Quantumania is around the corner. Yeah. And that looks like it's going to be another interesting film. I mean, honestly, Paul Rudd reading a phone book is something I would pay to go see. So 
Yes. Uh, so you've said that. I mean, you like <laughs> all these guys reading phone books. Uh, I have a thing about choice? numbers. I have a thing about numbers and addresses. No, I'm kidding. That's not the case at all. I just, there are just some people that I really enjoy and it doesn't matter mm -hmm. how bad it is. I'm still going mm -hmm. to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So Paul Rudd Rob just happens to fit that criteria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. Robbie Ross, your awesome husband can, you know, <laughs> actually view this at any time on the several social media outlets. Oh, Robbie doesn't need to read me the phone book. Robbie can sit down and read me some Marcus Aurelius. That's the stuff I like to get from Robbie. Okay, Give me that good enough. stuff. Okay. Well, the phone book seemingly only comes one time a year, if at that anymore. I mean, I actually, when I see it, I'm like, would he still make it? Wow. Yeah, I, I guess it's read the contacts from his phone now, I suppose. Yeah, it's not so, phone books anymore, is it? <laughs> no, no, not really. Because everybody ends up, you see it in the front of their yard once a year, and then they throw it in the trash and or recycling, and there you go. But yeah. What are your thoughts out there on the future of the DC universe and the news of Titans and Doom Patrol being canceled after season four for both when they when they air on HBO and HBO Max? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. A couple last things before we go. Forspoken on PS4. It's the first major video game release of the year, and uh, it's getting okay reviews, right around a 67 on Metacritic. Looks like a third-person adventure. It's a PlayStation exclusive, if I'm not mistaken. And it's using magical abilities. The young lady in it just seems to get transported from our time to a different magical time where... Uh, she's fighting off certain enemies, but I guess the story seems to be the main part as far as that's getting raked over the coals. The combat is is okay. Your thoughts on Forspoken, what I've seen of it as far as the trailers and the gameplay, it seems to be okay. Nothing I haven't seen before, but as the first video game released this year, the big video game, the first name, AAA video game, mm. it might actually garner some interest from gamers. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I have seen a couple of trailers and have been intrigued about it. And I love an opportunity to take on an RPG in a different way. So um, it's definitely something that I'm interested in. It's it's not an MMO, right? Like it's just no. an, it's an RPG, you magic mm -hmm. things happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right up my alley. Kidding me? <laughs> there you go. And as a PlayStation fan, I was going to mention, I actually sent you word that one of the things we wanted to discuss was the Xbox Developers Direct uh, that they yeah. did covering several games, but I forgot you're allergic to Xbox. So I said, <laughs> yeah. I'll go ahead and talk with TJ Johnson about that on the weekend. So yeah, I was like, what is this about? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can't, can't have that. Yeah. Can't be talking <laughs> Xbox with you unless we're going to fight. So Never in a million years. Yeah, well, we uh, fought before funny. over Xbox. Yeah. But, so especially, <laughs> especially with the, uh, but you know the Activision acquisition. But oh uh, yeah, digress on that. Oh yes, uh, that. <laughs> yes. Oh yes, that. Indeed. Still, still coming around. Still need to be decided upon. But we'll. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about that out of necessity at some point in time this year because it's got to mm -hmm. go one way or the other sometime this year. But it is forespoken on PlayStation. So if you're interested, check it out. It's a PlayStation exclusive. So if you're interested, go ahead and check it out and let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But two last things. Aqua Teen Hunger Force, <laughs> after eight years, is being brought back. The original creator said, we are a go, go, go for Aqua Teen Hunger Force, a very amusing comedy by a French fry and a soda drink and a meatball and all that. Yeah. Uh, 
very entertaining, I thought it was, during its tenure coming back to Adult Swim. Your thoughts on Aqua Teen Hunger Force? I mean, you know, forgive me if this isn't quite right, but I mean, I was a kid watching this show and understood that the show was made for stoners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's accurate. So now that there's legalization happening all over the place, I'm not surprised to see it come back. In fact, it's probably overdue, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's something that, again, with a leak, with leak characters being a soda, <laughs> being a meatball, and being. French fries. French fries, yeah, yeah, definitely something there to get you the munchies uh, yeah. with the direct tie-in. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing their return, especially I thought in the place, I thought it was kind of the timing of what happened. They fired Justin Roiland, and then all of a sudden the next week, Aqua Teen Hunger Force gets announced. So I was like, hmm, something could have happened there. But again, Rick and Morty are, is coming back as well. So yeah. They're not tying one tied to the other. You know, Adult Swim didn't say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, okay, we got rid of one. We're going to go ahead and bring back another, send out the cash and whatnot. But looks like they're going to both come back and come back strong. So hopefully we'll see what happens. But if you're excited for Aqua Teen Hunger Force, let us know. But before we head on out, one last show I want to cover, which could be a surprise hit for Peacock, which just announced that it also sneaked just over the 20 million subscri subscriber mark, which again, Netflix with the 10 times that amount probably just laughs at, but a show that is being overseen, executive produced by Rian Johnson of Knives Out, Glass Onion, and the Knives Out series, it is Poker Face. And it does have a very perplexing, very subtle lead as far as all knowing. She's been compared to Columbo of all people, which I thought was really, really kind of cool because that type of uh, character uh, really is somebody that has been uh, not well served or underused in recent years, that type of way of mystery solving. So I want to hear your thoughts on Poker Face before we head on out. I love me some Natasha Leone. That's how you pronounce her last name, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I adore her and I'm so excited to uh, get a chance to you know, have a show where I get to really enjoy it. Cause she was really great in Russian doll. So I'm thrilled and I'll definitely be watching that one. So I'd like to hear everybody's thoughts out there. I think it could be a surprise hit for Peacock and a way to get people to turn to Peacock, which as you and I both have laughed over the couple of years that we've been working together now has been one of the sources of amusement for us as a streaming entity, even though it has some things going for it. Mm -hmm. just hasn't been able to get that kind of momentum that the other streaming entities out there have. So hopefully this will kickstart it because uh, one thing that has been in dire need for that streaming outlet is great original programming, not named WWE in front of it. So <laughs> right. I'm hoping that this will do, I mean, the flashbacks with uh, what they've had before, as far as bringing old shows back, that hasn't materialized the way they've wanted to. So I'm, I'm hoping to see, poker face as an original series getting some love and getting some viewership from peacock i'm excited that they finally have taken our advice and and found something to take a chance on and take a risk on and i think i hope i believe it's going to pay off for them what are your thoughts out there on poker face on peacock please let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com 
Want to mention, I've got TJ Johnson coming up here on the weekend for the Pop Culture Cosmos that's airing on Monday. We're going to be talking about a lot of great things, including what Melinda is allergic to in Xbox, because they just had a Developers Direct with some great showings of some upcoming games, and we'll talk about that. Always a good time to talk to him about some great stuff in the world of pop culture, and that's coming up on Monday right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great